Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native land of China, and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades before bringing the ministry to the West in 1962. And we're delighted to be able to bring short portions of this spoken ministry to you from the Life Study of Philippians on today's broadcast. Now, let's join today's life study. Seeking to know Christ, the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings. That's the title of our life study program today from the book of Philippians chapter 3. And joining us to explore the depths of the experience of Christ once again is Francis Ball. Francis, always happy to have you here. Well, it's always good to be here, and especially we're getting into these uh, experiential matters in the book of Philippians. The portion we're going to cover today, Francis, is in chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. And I think for anyone who loves the Lord Jesus and loves the Word of God, this has to be a cherished portion of the Word. Let me read these verses, and maybe uh, because we have a lot of witness lead today, we'll get right from the reading of these verses into his first section. Okay, again, chapter 3, beginning at verse 8. It says, But moreover, I also count all things to be loss on account of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, on account of whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as refuse, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is out of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ." the righteousness which is out of God and based on faith, to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Francis, a portion of the word that is altogether in the realm of experience and enjoyment and certainly not one of doctrine. This is marvelous, isn't it? It really is. I'm looking forward to this very much. Let's join Witness Lee. The spiritual significance uh, what was there in Paul's thinking was that if you are going to know him, you must firstly be found in him. And to be found in him requires that you count all things lost. And to count all things lost requires the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Only whom we have the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. That means we have such a seeing of Christ, such a uh, knowing of Christ, such a revelation concerning Christ. We see, we see, oh, we see such an excellent way. Of course, spontaneously, we would drop everything. We would drop everything. We would let everything go. Uh, to let everything go simply means to count all things refuse. Because of the excellency of our knowing of Christ, spontaneously we count 
all things refuse, trash. We let them go. We let them go that we may gain him. Then when you gain him, you surely will be found in him. You will live in him. You will remain in him. You will exist in him. You will be a person all the time in Christ. You'll be found in him. When you will be found in him, surely you will know him. Here in verse 10, the verb know actually means experience. To know him means to experience him. The knowledge of Christ in verse 8 is the revelation of Christ. But to know him in verse 10 is to experience him. A practical knowing, an experiential knowing. To know him in experience. After you have got the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, you would be willing to drop everything, to count all things refuse, that you may gain him. And then you'll be found in him, here in him, you know him experientially. You experience him. So you have to see all the way verse 9 comes out of verse 8. And verse 10 comes out of verse 9. If you don't have the excellency of the knowledge in verse 8, you could never be found in Christ because of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, you spontaneously dump all the things to the trash can. You count all things refuse. Then you gain him. You gain him. But to gain him is one thing. To uh, experience him, to enjoy him is another thing. You may buy a lot precious groceries, yet you haven't cooked them and you haven't eaten them. To buy, to gain the groceries is one thing. To enjoy the groceries after buying them is another thing. To buy the groceries is just like to gain Christ. Francis, there are some striking phrases used by the Apostle Paul in these three verses that we read. And the order that we find these expression in indicates that there is a progression associated with them. Uh, Let me name them a little bit and then ask you to comment on this progression. Okay, number one, I also count all things to be loss on account of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. That's in verse 8. Then we go on, verse 9. On account of whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them refuse. Then number three, that I may gain Christ. And four, and be found in him. And finally, number five, to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. So we progress from the excellency of the knowledge, having suffered the loss of all things, to gain Christ, to be found in him, and finally to know him in these marvelous aspects. Try to tie these together for us. Well, uh, this is a 
a marvelous, marvelous sequence of uh, experience. Now, I just say this much. When you put all these things into experience, it's hard for you to know which comes first. But I would say, firstly, there must be a vision. Without the vision, you really don't know the excellency of Christ. But by getting a vision, seeing a vision, you get the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. He mentions about the excellency of Christ, and then he mentions about the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. And when you have this uh, view of Christ, how excellent he is, uh, you just don't like to hang on to anything. You've seen the light, you've seen him, you've seen Christ, you've seen the excellency of his knowledge, and you just feel like you want to dump everything that preceded this, not to be distracted from him in any way. So then you could say, thirdly, you may gain him and be found in him. Isn't that wonderful? To gain him and be found in him. Amen. Uh, That means that when people find us, or when they found the Apostle Paul, they found him in Christ. Right. And that should be our desire. We need to have the desire that when people meet us, when they find us, find us at work, find us at the home, find us at our yard work, everything, they find us in Christ. This would really be a marvelous thing. So this was Paul's desire to be found in him, not only to gain him, but to be found in him. And then he uses the illustration of buying groceries and then enjoying the groceries that you buy. You could say that takes us to the next point, to know him. This is, again, experiential, to know him. You really can't know him until you've been found in him, till you're experiencing him. And then, of course, this experience then brings you to the power of his resurrection. Well, what is resurrection? Absolutely, it means not in the natural life at all. Absolutely, in the power of the divine life. This is what it means to be in resurrection. And then, of course, you follow that with the fact of having the fellowship of his sufferings. And when you have the fellowship of his sufferings, you're really conformed to his death. So experientially, you really know him. To know him is not just to know about him. But it's to have these kind of experiences where you drop everything and Christ is the total attraction in everything. And you want to just be found in him. More and more, Francis, as we go through these messages in Philippians, it's harder to be satisfied with the amount or the degree to which we have experienced and seen Christ. We realize here's the Apostle Paul who is ever striving, pursuing, and laying hold of more and more elements of this rich and marvelous Christ. It's a shame. Maybe we had an early kind of vision, as you described, and there was some excellency in the knowledge of Christ. But if we become satisfied and stay there, how much have we missed? Yes, that's right. We miss a lot. And we have to realize that the Apostle Paul didn't come about all this in a sudden way. He was suddenly stopped on the road to Damascus, and he did see something, and he got a lot of light. But if you follow the scriptures and the the history of Paul, it was a long period of time. For three years, he never had any contact with the other brothers. Mm-hmm. And then he was 14 years in Arabia right. until he really got with the church life. So I think we need to realize this is not a sudden thing. This is a lifetime project right. for us to be found in Christ and to know him in this experiential way. Mm. To obtain the excellency of the knowledge, as you pointed out, there's a need for us to have 
a solid grasp on many excellent items of what Christ is throughout the Bible. When we get to the point of experiencing them, then spontaneously I think there's a desire within us to want to tell others about them. Witness Lee is going to do just that in this section coming up. He will tell us some of his own discoveries regarding Christ, particularly in the book of Colossians. This is a marvelous section. Let's go to him. What you need is a vision to get the excellency in knowing Christ, to get the excellency of the knowledge concerning him. i like to test it to you. In Colossians, the excellency of the knowledge of what Christ is impressed me to the uttermost. And that excellency did some work upon me. And that excellency, surely, it works something within me. Oh, the excellency of the knowledge of Christ by knowing him being the person of the saint. What an excellency. Oh, he as the person of the saint is God's image. Far, far superior than the law. And he is the firstborn of all creation. In Colossians, we got the all-inclusive and all-extensive revelation of Christ, comprising so many excellent items of what Christ is. If we have been experiencing all the things, I do believe when this point comes up, for you to tell the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, you could spontaneously tell us. You just shout, oh, Christ is the portion of the saints. And the other one would say, my Christ is the mystery of God. And the other one would say, Christ is the very embodiment of the fullness of the Godhead. What excellency. <laughs> In that excellent book, start to say, Paul didn't tell us Christ is our peace. But it tells us that the peace of Christ arbitrates in your heart. Oh, everybody knows nothing about this. Everybody knows that Christ is our peace, but cannot explain what is the arbitration by the peace of Christ. Just say Christ is my peace. Not much excellency, but telling us that there is arbitration by the peace of Christ. This is excellency. Well, Francis, let's pick up this point, which Witness Lee made here, contrasting the speaking about Christ in a common way, rather than using these marvelous expressions that Paul has given us. He brought out several such expressions in the book of Colossians, but I'd like to focus on this last one, this matter of the arbitrating peace in our hearts is an example. Contrast for us, Francis, the use of a common phrase like Christ is my peace or Christ is our peace with the elevated speaking of Paul, the peace of Christ arbitrating in our hearts. I was really inspired by Brother Lee speaking this way and realizing how short I am of really experiencing Christ in this elevated way. But I believe this has put a desire in me to learn how to use these kind of expressions. Right. I can't give you much today, but I hope a month from now I can give you much more <laughs> of what it is to uh, use these kind of terms 
of Christ, the firstborn of all creation, Christ, the head of the body. Christ is everything. He is so much, and so much is opened up in the book of Colossians that uh, Brother Lee has brought out today that it's very encouraging. But concerning the arbitrating, not Christ himself, but the peace of Christ, arbitrating. If we have a problem with someone, we may need an arbitrator to come in. Mm -hmm. Who will do this? Well, if you just have an objective Christ in history, but you don't have the peace of Christ operating within you and with the other one, there'll be no way to have an arbitration. But I believe if we could learn more and more of these precious terms that are so elevated about the experience of Christ, we would be a different kind of Christian. It's too marvelous, Francis, the Christ that is in the Bible, and it is such a shame when we depreciate it by taking it for granted and making it just a common thing full of trite expressions that we throw around rather carelessly. Rather, it'd be much better if we could, as you said, become familiar with these extraordinary expressions that Paul uses in these epistles like Philippians and Colossians. In this final section today, we want to pick up another expression, this one regarding the reward that is available to and promised to the overcoming believers. And this expression is found in verse 11. It says, if perhaps I may attain to the out-resurrection from the dead. Let's go back to Witness Lee for this final portion. Oh, saints, we need to know more and we need to experience more. Oh, that I may gain him and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, but that righteousness which is of faith. To know him here, to know him, and to know the power of his resurrection, and to know the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. These are deeper words. These are extraordinary expressions. These are a kind of heavenly language. Don't be satisfied with that little old knowledge, Christ is my joy, Christ is my peace, Christ is my rise. You have to learn to see all these, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, to know him and to know the power of his resurrection and to know the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. We need firstly to see all these points. Then we say, Lord, grant me the grace that I need to experience all the items. Lord, actually I never have a time to know you as it is revealed in these few books, in Colossians and Philippians. Lord, I got to know you as my Savior. I got to know you as my Redeemer. I got to know you as my peace, my joy, my rest, just that much. But Lord, I never got to know you as what is revealed in Colossians, the portion of the saints, the firstborn of all creation, the image of God, the firstborn in resurrection. I never got to know you in these items to know you, Lord, 
to know you. I need this. I need this kind of knowing according to the excellence of the knowledge of you. I need to know the power of resurrection. Actually, this is not just to know, but to experience and to enjoy. I need to enjoy the fellowship of your suffering that I may be with all my daily life conformed to your death. We need to get into these things. Forget about all the points you pick up in the past. Lehang will get on this point up to verse 14. He says, forgetting the things behind and stretching forth to the things ahead. We all need to forget the past. Here's something higher, something deeper, something more profound for us to grasp, to apprehend, and to experience, and to enjoy, and to gain. Francis, uh, we got a call the other day. It was quite interesting. It fits very well here, so I thought I would bring it up. It was a first-time caller, and part of our conversation with her asked her what she had been receiving or enjoying from recent programs. She said that she'd been writing down some of the expressions which have been emphasized in the broadcast from various verses in Scripture. And these were phrases that she had not been familiar with and not used to speaking. And after she wrote them down, she began to muse upon them. She told us that she particularly selected expressions used by the Apostle Paul. What a treat it was for us to hear this story And I also believe this has to make the Lord happy to hear such a story from a seeker, a pursuer like this this dear sister. I think if we have the same heart to pursue this Christ in such a way like this caller did, there's much more of Christ for us to know and experience, especially if we will exercise to pray over and even speak uh, this uplifted language that is used by the Apostle Paul and really matches the divine revelation of Christ. I'm happy about this caller also. I'd like to be more happy about my own experience, too, because there's so many things brought out in Brother Lee's speaking this time that just gives you an appetite to be uh, always uplifted in our expressions, in our enjoyment of what's written. We can easily and definitely follow the Apostle Paul's experience by praying with the words that are uttered here in this book. Right. If we get into this book with a praying spirit— even taking the expressions one by one, we will uh, experience more of Christ than we ever dreamed we could. I feel like I'm really in the kind of the grade school of this kind of experience, but I do have the expectation that it's possible to go on and even gain more and more of the experience of Christ and even that we, Chris, could be found in Him. We could know Him in this experiential way. And by this, We have a desire, like the Apostle Paul said, to be able to attain to the out-resurrection in that coming day. We'll all be resurrected. All the believers will be resurrected. But those who overcome, those who enjoy Him to the full, whose whole being has been occupied with Him, they will experience arriving at an out-resurrection, which indicates that their entire being has been gradually and continually resurrected. First, our spirit was resurrected— by our regeneration. And then that resurrection life spreads into our soul, right. our uh, mind, our emotion and will, until even our body will experience this resurrection. And this should be the goal of every believer, to attain to the out-resurrection, which means that we've enjoyed Christ to the uttermost. 
We're uh, just skating on the surface of a very deep pool here, Francis. Uh, We'll have to come back to this. Right. And we look to the Lord for the opportunity. As we leave, let me give you the toll-free number that this uh, dear sister we've been describing used and invite you to call us as well. We'd love to hear your experience. Uh, It's 1-888-543-3788. You can write to us as well. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121. Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. Please join us again tomorrow. We want to continue on in this line, experiencing Christ in the depths of this marvelous book, the book of Philippians. Please join us for that. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very, very much for listening. greatest hindrances to the experience of the growth in life are not outward circumstances and environmental hardships. Rather, they're a mind in need of renewing, a will in need of submission to God, and an emotion in need of stability. In the book, The Breaking of the Outer Man for the Release of the Spirit, Watchman Nee provides a clear picture of the need for the breaking of the outer man so that the life of Christ in our spirit can flow out as rivers of living water to refresh and build up the people of God. The Breaking of the Outer Man for the Release of the Spirit is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order a copy from Living Stream Ministry by calling our toll-free number. That number is 1-888-543-3788.